It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, guys, you are Locked On Falcons and Locked On Panthers. I am your host, Aaron Freeman, and I am joined by a special co-host, the host of Locked On Panthers, Bill Rossetti. We're going to be previewing this upcoming Week 9 matchup before the between the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. Well, Bill, welcome to my show, and I hope you welcome me you, to your show. Absolutely, buddy. It's uh, it's always fun doing these crossover shows. It's always fun to get together with some of the other hosts and just chat football. It's always a good time, so pleasure to be here, man. And, yeah, welcome to my show, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is the first NFC South one I, I I've gotten to do this year, so I, I feel like there's an extra layer of intensity involved mm-hmm. uh, between uh, our two podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. You know, haven't seen too many divisional games yet throughout the season. Um, you know, this is only number three coming up for the Panthers, so it's uh, it's good to finally get these division games rolling. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a big week for uh, both teams, especially the Falcons. It's their first divisional matchup. Uh, five of the last six games um, are in against NFC South opponents, so they really do want to get their um, divisional uh, schedule off to a best start by beginning a win uh, this week against Carolina and, and hopefully getting some cushion above that 500 mark with their 4-3 and three record currently. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely big one for both sides. Uh, I think second place is on the line, and there's a chance that the winner of this one could also could also hold the second wild card spot as well uh, here at the halfway point of the season. So, and like you said, divisional game, and especially first one for the Falcons, you wanna you wanna get off on the right foot because you know tiebreakers could come into play. So they got they got to keep pace with the Saints and got to get these wins where they can. Yeah. Now, obviously, the big news this week involves the Panthers with the trade of Kelvin Benjamin. Let's jump right into it. What were your thoughts when you saw that news that the Panthers had traded away their number one wide receiver and their former first-round pick? Yeah, very surprised. Very surprised when the news came out. Um, but I, th- I think what they're trying to get at is I think they just want to put more more speed. I guess they want to get faster um, on the outside, faster at the receiver. So now you're going to see guys like Curtis Samuel get more snaps. Um, Christian McCaffrey obviously is going to get more opportunities, or at least maybe you know hard for him to get even more involved in the passing game. But there's a chance he will now with Benjamin gone. Uh, and, and this is the big break. This is the big opportunity that we've been waiting for for Devin Funchess. You know he's he's slowly come along. He, he's been up and down. Um, I've been saying for a while, I'm just waiting for him to sort of break out and kind of be the top receiver that he can be. You know, we know he's obviously got the big body and hopefully he, you know, now he's getting the chance to really utilize it. You know, the question now is with number one corners is going to shadow him. How is he going to, how is he going to take them on? And at least, you know, for the next couple of weeks, still without Greg Olson, how is he going to respond to that when there's not really too many options to kind of take the pressure off of him? Yeah, I think, you know, 
I think Falcon fans sort of rejoiced when they saw that Benjamin was traded out of the division because even though he's been a little bit up and down in Carolina, he's always seemed to fare well against the Falcons, particularly with his ability in the red zone. And uh, the Falcons would often use Desmond Trufant um, to sort of shadow him. And, and because of Benjamin's surplus size, he was always a, a difficult matchup for, for Trufant, given that you know he's five or six inches taller than him. And, and so it'll be interesting to see if the Falcons sort of adjust and, and have Trufant um, follow Funches now, with, with him being the, the clear-cut number one now. Um, but it, it, it'll be... It'll be um, I think big to see if, if somebody else emerges as a, a, another option in the passing game now with probably most of the focus on Funches and McCaffrey. Do you feel like there's another guy, whether that's Samuel, whether that's Russell Shepard, whether that's Ed Dixon, that one of these other guys can potentially emerge this week and, and start to sort of chip away at the void uh, that Benjamin left? Yeah, I think you're going to see kind of a, a rotation of sorts uh, as far as like opposite Devin Funchess, and you already mentioned some of the guys, Russell Shepard, Curtis Samuel. Uh, you're also going to see a little bit of Kalen Clay, too, I think, uh, who they just claimed off waivers from Buffalo. Uh, and, yeah, Ed Dixon has been, you know, he, he's been all right, but he, he's obviously not the difference maker that Greg Olson is. So, luckily, we're only a couple weeks away from hopefully seeing the return of Greg Olson. The goal is that he comes back after the Panthers bye in Week 11, uh, when they play the Jets in Week 12, so hopefully that, that will open the offense a little more and obviously take some pressure off of guys like Funchess and others. Uh, but I, I am curious now to see if this will open up the playbook a little bit because I've always said I've always wondered if they would be kind of exotic as far as their playbook goes, specifically with guys like McCaffrey and Samuel. You've seen it sprinkled here and there. Uh, with them running Wildcat and things like that. You've seen Samuel on the sweep, and, excuse, on the sweep at times. Uh, it has burned them in the past, though. But, uh, the pitch pass to Samuel is what led to the, inter- or the uh, fumble return by Eddie Jackson a couple weeks ago at, against Chicago. But, yeah, I, I think Samuel's definitely a guy that I'm going to be intrigued to see if he can step up now, now that he's you know halfway through his rookie season. He's starting to see a little more a little bit of an uptick in snaps. So um, he's, he's definitely a guy that I'm going to be following a lot. I, um, I'm curious about what are your thoughts on sort of what Mike Shula has been uh, integrating this year with sort of when the additions of McCaffrey and Samuel in the draft, a lot of people sort of thought, okay, the Panthers are, are sort of going in on sort of more of a short passing game and, and trying to protect Cam Newton and get having him get rid of the ball quickly. The Falcons themselves have been going through – quite a bit of issues with their own offensive play caller, Steve Sarkeesian, who is also a former coach at Alabama, like Mike Shula uh, is. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering sort of, I've heard rumors and, and, and talk that maybe Shula's a little bit on the hot seat if he can't get more out of this offense. Do you feel like this move is going to help him in that regard, or um, this may wind up hurting him because they, they gave up a, a pretty reliable asset in Benjamin? Yeah, I mean, Obviously, Panthers fans are not happy. I'm sure you've seen the news. And I, I found it interesting that I saw something similar that the Falcons did uh, as far as these uh, these petitions to 
get rid of some coaches because <laughs> the Panthers did so with uh, Mike Shula, and I think I, I want to say they did it with Sarkeesian for the Falcons. I I haven't heard specifically, but I'm, I'm sure they're out there. Uh, yeah. He's very definitely uh, under a lot of scrutiny <laughs> here in Atlanta. So, um, but but yeah, I, I think the pressure is definitely on. You know, trading away your top receiver when you are in playoff contention. Now, now, yeah, they've been inconsistent, but the fact is they are still five and three, and they are in the playoff hunt. So, I, I think the pressure is is definitely on. You know, like I said, how are they going? How is he going to utilize specifically guys like McCaffrey and Samuel? More, more specifically, Samuel, because we we basically know now what McCaffrey is at least this season. Um, you know, maybe down the line in future years, maybe they expand him a little bit. But for the most part, he's basically going to be your short option in the passing game because he's struggling to run the ball. And part of that too is the offensive line because they've just been really struggling. You know. I, They've been without Ryan Khalil a lot for the for the last few weeks. You know, not that Tyler Larson has been bad, but you know, it it just it causes struggles in the middle of that offensive line. And the bookends, well, specifically Matt Khalil has really been inconsistent. So it's it's not all. I wouldn't say it's all Shula, but certainly some of the play calling has been questionable uh, at best. You know, I'll I'll go back to the to the pitch play against the bears that wound up being a fumble return the other way, you know, the, the Panthers are driving the ball just fine. They're running the ball really well and moving the chains, getting yardage. And then on the first down, they go with the option pass. And, you know, on the one hand, you could say they kind of got cued. On the other hand, you could look at it and say, Samuel just flat out missed it. But whatever the case, what looked to be at least three points on the board, for the Panthers turned into seven the other way for Chicago. And I think that's what kind of snowballed everything for them. So there, there's times that I think he can get a little too cute. So again, with, with Benjamin out, how is he going to adjust? And if he doesn't, he's probably going to be out. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned the offensive line. Uh, I'm curious, sort of, obviously you, you mentioned Khalil being out, and, and certainly as a someone who's watched many a Falcon-Panther game, I have witnessed how good Ryan Khalil is um, in terms of his ability to sort of locate and erase linebackers in the run game. Um, but also seeing on the injury report, uh, right guard Trey Turner um, also being a little nicked up, do you feel like, um, with those two injuries, especially with the Falcons' interior defensive line, headlined by Grady Jarrett, who's been really outstanding this season and really emerging as a top-end run defender uh, and also providing some uh, pressure in, in the pass game. And, and with Don Terry Poe and the Falcons just picked up Ataba Rubin last week, and he had a, a nice debut against the Jets uh, where the Falcons' run defense was 
probably the best it has been all year long, which has been a problem spot for them. Do you feel like the injuries in the middle and in addition to the sort of liability maybe that Matt Khalil has been this season, you feel like if, if they don't, if the Panthers don't get all their guys back healthy, that could be a real problem uh, for their run game, especially now if their passing game takes a step back without Benjamin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Turner would be a big loss, I think, because he really has been one of the better offensive linemen uh, throughout the season. One of the best of the five, really. Him, between him and Norwell are definitely definitely the top guys, and you could throw Darrell Williams in there a little bit as well. So if they, if they don't have Turner, that's it would be a big step down because then you're probably looking at uh, Amini Silatolu would step in a tackle and he's he's been kind of inconsistent so him going up against guys like you mentioned like Poe like Jarrett it, it could be a long because it, the Panthers are already struggling the way it is to protect Cam Newton uh, I mean they did a good job last week the Buccaneers didn't sack him at all but the Buccaneers have had problems pass rushing all season long but in a general look uh, Newton's been under pressure quite a bit and he hasn't fared well under pressure i actually just found something from pro football focus where they ranked the quarterbacks and you know graded them on different ways and newton is not that good actually against pressure so if turner isn't there that's just going to create more pressure i would think um because you just have the falcons just have so many ways that they can attack you as far as getting to the quarterback you know even guys like you know, obviously Vic Beasley is there, who's just been a dominant force. And um, I know he's on the injury report this week, but the Cars McKinley is sort of coming into his own over the last few weeks. So um, with the line not being 100%, that could spell problems. That could definitely spell problems uh, for this Panthers offense, I think, because the Falcons' defense is definitely a lot better than some people want to give credit for. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see sort of how the Falcons um, attack uh, the Panthers' offense. I think when their defensive line, when their front is able to sort of control the line of scrimmage, it really sort of um, helps out the the rest of the defense because their linebacker core has been a little up and down this year. They have a lot of speed, so it really helps them out in coverage. And, and last season, when they were playing with leads and it forced teams to be a little bit one-dimensional, it was one of those things where it was a huge asset to have those guys that were really good in coverage. But this year, where opposing teams like to slow the game down, run the football, and sort of pound the ball down their throats, it's been a little bit of a, an issue. One of the things that the Falcons did last week against the Jets with uh, rookie Duke Riley out of the lineup, they moved Vic Beasley and started playing him a little bit more at linebacker than strictly using him as that, uh, you know, with his hand in his dirt uh, as a pass rusher in the nickel. And it was one of those things where I think it could really be an asset um, this week because usually how they use Beasley is they sort of park him on the left side of the defensive line, which means he's going up against the right tackle exclusively. And uh, with him playing a little bit more of the same linebacker spot, I think it'll give him a lot more opportunities to use his speed against a guy like Matt Khalil, where I think it would be a lot more advantageous given Khalil's struggles. And I think it also means that the Falcons will be able to want to dial up some blitzes a little bit more and, and use and bring five-man pressures with Beasley and, and McKinley and Claiborne and Poe and, and Jarrett 
and sort of try to overwhelm the, the, the Panthers that way. And, and given some of the question marks that they have with now Benjamin in the lineup, you know, they can feel a little bit more confident that they can be a little bit more aggressive with their game plan because they may not, the Panthers may not have that guy um, on the outside that can really sort of hurt them in the same ways that Benjamin historically has. And so I think it would be a, you know, if, if Funches can be that guy this week, that will certainly uh, tip things maybe back into the Panthers' favor. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely think all this is working in, in the Falcons' favor. You know, you, you just look at matchups. I think at, at first glance, Funchess really is the only guy that's going to scare you. So I, I think early on teams are going to maybe roll their coverage toward him and kind of force guys like Samuel and Shepard and all them to be the ones to beat them. So, and like you said, dial up the blitzes, get get pressure on Newton because teams have had a lot of success in doing so. So you do that and kind of get him off his game and uh, get Funches off his game. You, you can slow this offense down and... You know, that's, that's why I think the Falcons are in, in a pretty good position here with what they could what they could be able to do, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think they definitely would have the edge here. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see this game may be decided with the other matchup, uh, given that the Panthers' defense has been playing really well this year. It looks like they're back on track um, in in terms of where they were in 2015 as opposed to their little – uh, slide that they had a year ago um, and the Falcons offense has been you know hot and cold this year and, and really over the last month been more cold and hot and it seemed like they were getting things back in stride a little bit last week against the Jets but uh, you know certainly the quality of, of defensive play is going to be a big uptick going up against the Panthers this week and, and, and one of the things that will be interesting to see is earlier this season when they played the Buffalo Bills which is uh, coached by former Panthers defensive coordinator Sean McDermott, the Falcons really struggled in that game going up against a, a solid Bills defense and, and sort of trying to find ways to attack, you know, the, the zo- sort of disciplined zone-heavy scheme that McDermott employs and the Panthers still employ. So it would be interesting to see if the Falcons have learned anything from that game. One other factor that certainly played a part in that Bills game was that both their wide receivers, Muhammad Sanu and Julio Jones, missed uh, uh, the second half of that game. And so the Falcons were sort of scrambling with their wide receiver depth in that game, and it really sort of slowed down their passing attack. Uh, hopefully that won't be an issue this week, given that Jones and Sanu are back in healthy. Um, but I, I am wondering, do you feel like, you know, certainly Panther fans are, are very well aware of the dangers that Julio Jones can uh, do to their defense, given what he did um, in that 300-yard game last season. Um, do you feel like the Panthers are better equipped to sort of handle um, the the Falcons' offense, especially now that it doesn't seem like that 
this offense in 2017 is quite to the level that it was in 2016. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to step up. Um, you know, you can definitely tell when this is a much different defense when Luke Keekley and Kirk Coleman are in the lineup because when they were both out, it, the defense just dropped a bit. I mean, they're still obviously talented outside of those two, but you, you could tell, especially with Keekley, he's the quarterback. So when he's in there, that's what makes this defense really ferocious. Uh, the secondary has definitely played better, though, I think, um, than in than in previous games. You know, they keep going back to last season. You know, guys like Bradbury and Worley, I think, have continued to step up. Uh, and again, talk about a guy like Kirk Coleman. He's one of those key cogs that kind of gets that second secondary going, uh, especially in the run game. You know, when he was out, um, they were a lot more susceptible because Colin Jones kind of struggled a little bit. But um, it, it's, it's going to be a tough matchup because with both those receivers being healthy, you obviously can't key in on Julio Jones because Mohamed Sanu is definitely a guy that can beat you all over the field. And then even Austin Hooper, you know, it seems like he's been kind of quiet throughout the season, but he's definitely a, a talented tight end and one that can burn you if you're not careful. So it, it's still, it's still a tricky offense to defend because you do have so many weapons so I, I think the Panthers just kind of really have to be at the, at the top of their game on defense because I don't know if this offense is – if their offense is going to be able to keep up with the Falcons' offense uh, in terms of you know explosive plays or putting points up quick. So the, the defense really has to slow down the Falcons' offense, and I, I think that the time of possession game is really going to be – going to have to be one of the key factors that they're going to have to win if they want to hang around and win this game. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on sort of the, the front for the Panthers and, and sort of the resurgence of uh, Julius Peppers? Yeah, it's been really neat to see Julius Peppers play the way he has you know, for his age. Uh, originally, the thought was when he came in, he was just going to kind of be that veteran presence for some of the younger guys. But he's really taken on a leadership role, both off the field and obviously on the field, one of the team leaders in sacks. And you can see it's kind of rubbing off uh, among some of the other defensive ends, namely Mario Addison, who I think you could say has been the second best defensive end. And then the interior continues to play well, specifically K1 short. Uh, Starlo Tulele is has been kind of up and down. He's you know he's had his moments, but really short's been the guy. Uh, he's definitely been playing up to the status that he earned, especially with the contract that he got in the offseason. So he's really kind of the leader of the interior. And then Kyle Love is a guy that they sprinkle in as well. You know, he gets a decent amount of snaps and makes 
makes the most out of them. So they, they definitely have some guys that they could rotate in and out along the, the defensive line. So I, I think it's going to be interesting how they kind of get after Matt Ryan because you know this, this is still a good offensive line that they'll be going up against. Um, I don't, don't think there's really too many issues uh, in that aspect. So, and again, like I said, you know, they got to slow down this offense. So it's really going to be up to those guys, I think, too, to get pressure on Ryan and kind of get him off this get him off his game, so that guys like Julio Jones can't beat you consistently throughout the game. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup in the trenches for these two teams because you know Short has been a guy that has been you know wrecking the interior of the Falcons' offensive line the last couple of years. And one of the differences with the Falcons offense this year as opposed to last year when it seemed like, you know, at, at will they could dial up explosive plays, they've really been a little struggling to do that this year. And, and a lot of some of the explosive plays, and we saw it against the Jets last week with the big bomb to Julio Jones, have been off of play action passes. And so one of the things that helps, obviously, with the play action is, is sort of establishing the run. And the, and the Falcons offense, the running game has been really efficient this year. It's really the best part of the team. Um, and one of the things that they look to do against the Jets, uh, partly because of the conditions, but I think also because of a shift in sort of philosophy and, and sort of relying more on the running game, um, it w- was to run the football more uh, against the Jets. And I think that's something they're going to try to do and, and try to, you know, run, avoid, you know, short and low to Lele in the middle and try to get those big guys moving with the lateral runs and the outside zone stuff. But uh, it'll be interesting to sort of see what Devontae Freeman's status is going to be at the end of the week. He uh, left the Jets game late with a, a neck and shoulder injury, and he's been limited in practice this week. And so if he's not at full go, if he's not able to fully go, and the expectation is he will play. But uh, if, you know, if the Falcons have to sort of dial him back a little bit to sort of keep him fresh and and, and keep a, an eye on sort of how many touches he gets, that does that could wind up hurting the Falcons' running game just because he's been so much more effective and efficient and reliable than Tevin Coleman is. Coleman is, is more the, the, the big home run hitter and, and more of a change of pace guy than a guy that sort of has been more of the bell cow that Freeman has been. So uh, it'll be an interesting matchup to see if the Falcons can sort of uh, – win that matchup but uh you know they're dealing with some injuries and and certainly trying to run against the Panthers front is is something that's been difficult for a lot of teams this year yeah for sure and um you know yeah I know Freeman is banged up a little bit but uh it sounds like he should be good to go so he's obviously another guy that the the Panthers are going to have to key on so it it's really going to be intriguing how especially the front seven you know he even a guy like Shaq Thompson, I think, uh, can be a, a good factor. Just just to name, just to throw another player out there besides, you know, some of the obvious. But um, def- definitely a lot of weapons that are in play here. I think uh, the Falcons are always a, a tough team to defend. I know, and I think they have been getting a bit of a bad rap. You know, on paper, the offense looks to have been struggling, but. Uh, you talk to different people, they'll obviously give you different numbers uh, and in different ways, showing that it hasn't exactly struggled as much as people think they do. So, you know, th- this is a big test for the Panthers, really. You know, this is um, this is one of those games that 
you know, obviously they'd love to win this one. They really need it in terms of, you know, especially divisional record because a loss here would drop them to five and four overall, and they'd already be one and two in the division, so they'd already be losing a couple tiebreakers. So they, uh, they, they really need this one, but it, it's it's not going to be easy because even even if Freeman is banged up, you could still throw Tevin Coleman up there. Um, you know, he's he's definitely a guy that could burn you just as much as Freeman can. He he just has to get more opportunities, which he, it doesn't seem like he's gotten a lot of, but he definitely makes the most out of what limited work he has had so far. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely a, an asset in the passing game with his speed and whatnot, and that has been uh, a criticism that many have leveled at Sarkeesian in the last couple of weeks with not really getting him as involved in the passing game as they, they would like to see um, and, and sort of really making teams be forced to have to defend all areas of the field, you know, as you mentioned with Julio and Sanu and Hooper and, and then Taylor Gabriel and Coleman and Freeman. And so it's a bevy of weapons, and, and that's when the Falcons' offense is clicking when when you are you can't just focus on one guy and uh, when you start to focus on one guy, it's a, a group of others that sort of beat you. And, and that's really where the Falcons are trying to get back to. And they showed a little bit more of that last week. And, and hopefully they can continue to, to build on that uh, against a, a very stout Panthers defense. Uh, it certainly will be a big test for them uh, this week. Yeah, b- big time. You know, this is a uh, big, big, big opportunity really for both teams. You know, this is a, uh, like like we said earlier, big spot for both teams. Uh, so really really excited to see how these teams will uh, will go after one another. Yeah, yeah. It, it does sound like for both teams, they're sort of in this process of uh, they feel like you know with the Panthers and with Olsen coming back in in a month, and and with the Falcons still trying to work out the kinks with the new offensive coordinator, it does feel like both of these teams when they meet again later in the season are going to be um, you know stronger. Uh, overall, but certainly, you know, if if one of these teams, even when they're not necessarily at the full strength that they would like to be in in a couple of weeks, um, if one of these teams can emerge with a win, that'll certainly play a, a big factor uh, down the stretch when you know both of these teams are involved in the playoff race. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be much better definitely when both these teams are at full strength. Um, hopefully, both of these teams are still in the playoff hunt because it would definitely. Because these teams always seem to provide sparks, for the most part, when they play each other. So yeah, when Olsen comes back, and uh, you know, it, it, sh- it should be a much better. You know, not not that we're expecting a bad game, but it, yeah. I think the the product will definitely be a lot better uh, in a few weeks when these teams meet again in Atlanta. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you happen to be leading a certain way in terms of prediction this week? Yeah, I, I think everything seems every everything seems to come up Atlanta for me on this one. I think they've been they seem more consistent on offense, and like we talked about, I think Atlanta has the edge as far as their defense against Carolina's offense. I think they're just going to pose too many problems for Newton. I, I think they're going to struggle, continue to struggle to move the ball, especially in the passing game, because I. think it's going to take some time for them to get used to life without Benjamin. Like I said, I think Funches being the number one guy, it's going to take him some time to get used to these top corners being on him. 
So it's just a matter of which of the other receivers will step up and take some of the pressure off him. And I don't know if it's going to happen this quick against a secondary as good as Atlanta's. So I would I would pick the Falcons here. I, I think the Falcons are going to take this one. Uh, it, it I think it'll I think it might be pretty close, but I think the Falcons will probably pull away. You know, at, at some point in the second half, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Falcons here. Um, I'm, I've been sort of back and forth in this game. It does feel like it's going to be a little bit more of a low-scoring affair that you, the Panthers have been involved in uh, these last couple of weeks. I, I don't see the Falcons putting up a ton of points against this Panthers defense. It's, it, they've been struggling um, for the most part this season when they've faced some of the better defenses like Buffalo and, and Miami and whatnot. Um, but uh, I, I feel like you know this this is going to be a game that the Falcons are going to pull this one off. It's going to be a game that's really important for them to create some turnovers to give their offense uh, a few more opportunities. Right now, they're they're dead last in the NFL in terms of takeaways. Uh, the the Panthers have been a little bit uh, frivolous with the ball these last couple of weeks in terms of Cam Newton, and I'm hoping that the the injuries that the Panthers are dealing with with the offensive line will, will allow the Falcons' pass rush to get going and maybe force Cam Newton to make a, a couple of bad decisions, maybe force a couple of balls to, to funches that, uh, you know, maybe Benjamin might have caught some of those uh, because of the rapport and maybe the rapport is a little bit off with funches a little bit and maybe the Falcons could turn over some turnovers. So I feel, you know... Not overly confident, but I think if that can happen, then I, I feel good about maybe a, a 21-20 sort of close win for the Falcons this week. Yeah, I could definitely see something like that. I guess I think it's going to be pretty close, um, and it it definitely feels like the Panthers would have rather be the underdogs here because it feels like they play better when they go in as the underdogs. And they're actually favored in this one. So I think that's going to give the Falcons a little bit of juice as well. Um, like, So I could definitely see something like, you know, a 24 or like a 21-17 type game. You know, I, agree, I agree. I think it's going to be pretty close. But uh, the, the Falcons will find a way to pull this one out, I think. And, and like you said, if the injuries for the Panthers come to be – then that's just more of a advantage for Atlanta. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an exciting game. Certainly, these two teams tend to bring it when they play. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to this Sunday. Yeah, they, uh, classic NFC South football. Really, it's uh, it's always a fun division to watch, no matter what the records are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, Bill, is there anything else you want to share? Um, I know I can let your listeners know. If they want to uh, talk with me on, on Twitter and whatnot, they can find me at Falcfans on Twitter. And, of course, I am the host of the Locked on Falcons podcast. They can find that podcast at Locked on Falcons on Twitter as well. Yeah, uh, you, you could find a lot of my work over at Panthers Wire, you know, banging out a few articles each day. So it's it's been real fun over there. And then, obviously, you know, check out Locked on Panthers. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti. Um, just doing a lot of stuff there between that and the college game, cover that a bit, college basketball coming up soon. So I'll be covering that. So this is a, uh, this is a busy time for me with the football and then college hoops starting next week. So I'm, I'm excited. I love this time of year. Go Tar Heels. 
Okay. Are, are you North Carolina native? I'm actually not. Okay. <laughs> it just All so right. happened that I landed to start covering the Carolina teams, but uh, and you know, be a North Carolina fan. But no, I'm actually up in Pennsylvania. Funnily okay. enough. Okay. Well, it's weird because I, I went to school in, in Pennsylvania at Pitt, and I, I now live in, in North Carolina in Durham. So um, I know all about Tar Heels and, and Duke. Uh, yep. As soon as you said Durham, <laughs> that's all right. No, I, I always enjoy those games. It's uh, one of the best rivalries in sports, really. It is an annual event in this neck of the woods. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, the Super Bowl is for most of the rest of the country. It's like, where are you going to be for the Duke Carolina game? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, Bill, I appreciate you coming on and joining me on Lockdown Falcons, and I certainly enjoyed being on Lockdown Panthers. It was a fun time, Aaron. My pleasure. Uh, really fun chat with you. This was a this was a fun time as always, man. Thank you so much. All right. I look forward to doing this again later this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll do this again in a few weeks. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.